Hi, brothers and sisters. Uh, welcome back to Gospel Doctrine. Um, counting down the weeks pretty soon. We only do every other week. Yay! I mean, oh no! <laughs> study on my own. So, so that's that's exciting. I think that's a great, exciting change. I look forward to hearing from all your home-based scripture studies how they're going. Um, mine will look a lot like a nap. <laughs> nah, I don't nap. Uh, Mike uh, sends his apologies. He had my surgery, um, so he asked me to sub for him. So uh, Mike is out today, so call him and give him a hard time. But don't go see him, or don't let him see you. It was eye surgery. <laughs> so, so I didn't ask for a kind or anything, but it's probably private, so don't say that. <laughs> say you're inspired to visit. Um, exactly, exactly. So, so this week, uh, it is, we're following up on Ezekiel, and the structure of Ezekiel was such that we are in this weird little box I'm, I've drawn on the board over here of the structure. So what I thought we'd do a little bit is, is go back through a quick review of what we learned last week about the book of Ezekiel, and then jump into these, these couple chapters, uh, round 36, that are 34, 36, that are both really great chapters, and a couple that you'll be very familiar with. So we'll go to the ones that you're familiar with, but to kind of couch those, I wanted to come back a step. It'll make, it might help, or you might see different applications. As we go through this, one of the things that I'd like for you guys to do, and you're actually really, really good at this. You guys are experts at this, whether you know it or not. I told you I've been going to school, and they are not experts in this. I, it's, it's interesting to see what people are really good at, and as a group, you guys are good at this. Do so you want to know what you're good at? You PT evangelicals at? Um, you are really great at making applications, saying likening the scriptures unto yourself. We'll call it like that. So as we go through, the first thing we'll do is kind of say, hey, what do we think it means um, to Ezekiel? We'll just call him as Zeke. We'll call him Zeke. That's even better. <laughs> we'll see what it means to Zeke and maybe his time. And then the second part, you know, I'd like you guys to look at that application, right? How is the... It's really the question of who cares, right? <laughs> like, why, why are we even reading this? Who cares? And what is this? What can we kind of mean for ourselves? So that's what we'll that's what we'll do. So kind of keep that in mind as we go through it. All right, everybody good? All right, shake it out, shake it out. So this drawing that I've made is a little weird outline of I think how the book of Ezekiel, a nice way to think of it. It's not the only way to think of it. It's an un way to think of it, a simple way. And so this first one is this first chapters 1 through 11 and it's kind of this, uh, this vision and the call. Do you remember we talked about Ezekiel um, being a priest? He was from a priestly family. And so he was called to be, wow, like people magically showed up over there, <laughs> got busier. Um, he was a priest, and it, about five years before this all starts, Jerusalem was sacked for the first time, not completely destroyed, but it was t uh, torn down. And, and he and kind of the cream of the crop of the people are taken, and they're taken back into Babylon. So this is, it's been five years since that, since he's been captured, and he is in Babylon, and he's sitting on the banks of this irrigation canal, and it's his birthday. You, know, you can just imagine him with a little cupcake by himself. <laughs> I don't know what a Hebrew cupcake looks like. Maybe it's some matzo ball or something with a little menorah, but 
It was probably delicious and still sad. But he's sitting on the banks of this river, and it's the it's his 30th birthday, and that's when they would be um, ordained to the priesthood, or his he would start. He'd been training this whole time, so he's like, hey, you know, you can just imagine what he's thinking of. And do you guys remember what happens on this 30th birthday? We talked about it last week. I I really made an impression. Anybody? Yeah. Um, he has a vision. The heavens are opened up, and he sees the Lord and all these crazy-looking creatures. Yeah, you know, he gets an A. The rest of you, you're shy. I'll just say you're shy. So thank you. Brilliant synopsis. So he sees this vision. He sees this, he, he hears the thunder and lightning and and clouds, and it's going to remind us of Exodus um, 12 and 23 and 24 when God appeared, right? You knew those. Write those down. Write those down. You're going to remember. You're going to look those up. Um, Where God appeared to them at Sinai, right? So it it uses a lot of the same language. And so God comes and he's on this. There are these weird creatures with wings and there are four of them and their wings are touching and they've got four faces and the wheel and weird. And then on these strange creatures on top of it, there's a platform and on top of the platform is a throne, and on top of the throne is God. And it's um, this, this, this glory and this, this power and light, and oh, it's just amazing. And so we realize that this vision is of, of the Lord's throne. But one thing that should be weird is, where is the Lord's throne normally? It's not on the irrigation ditch in Babylon, right? Yeah, it's usually in the temple. So you say, wait a minute, why is it in the temple? Why is he seeing this vision here, right? He's not in the temple, it's not in the temple. Um, So that's something to think about. So we'll come back, I'm just going to write throne. We sometimes use the term a theophany, a vision of God, uh, to describe these, these kinds of visions. So he has this calling as a prophet, and the Lord calls him and he says, okay, you're going to be a prophet, and you're going to go, and you're going to teach the people a couple of things. And the first thing you're going to say, this was for you, Cindy. I spelled judgment right. She's, t- she's told me I've been spelling it wrong, and so judgmentally, she told me. <laughs> I did bring that up. She did, but, but in private. In private. I said, well, I used the English version with an E right there. But I've now spelled it correctly, thanks to Cindy, my good friend. <laughs> Thank you. I, you're all my friends, and I would expect you to tell me if I had stuff in my teeth or if I was misspelling things. <laughs> let, let it be known. You're all those kinds of friends. So he's going to, to prophesy about a number of things. He says, all right, Ezekiel, you're going to prophesy about judgment, and you're going to prophesy first to Israel, then the nations, and then right down to Babylon itself or Jerusalem. We'll see, right down to the city. So it's going to go in this kind of three-peat. And so you're going to see this, I'll go backwards, this is chapter 33, this is 12 through something, so this is 32, I don't know what it is, I'd have to look at my notes. Well, here they are right here. I didn't write it down there either. Um, and then, in this chapter 11 is this pivotal chapter 11, we'll go back to it in a second, he's going to also teach of hope and restoration. Does this structure, where a prophet is called to speak of judgment and hope remind you of any other prophet we may have spent five weeks on earlier just a month ago. Anybody? 
You got nothing. Thanks, Alan. Sorry. You know, my work is complete. <laughs> Isaiah, right? Isaiah. It's exactly the, same, the theme of Isaiah. And by the way, pretty much all of the prophets. All of the prophets in the Old Testament, which we call the prophets, there are three majors, and then there's maybe like 12 of them. Um, uh, they all kind of follow this same thing of judgment and hope, because they're all writing about this same time period, the same set of events, right? Which is the destruction of the nation of Israel, either the north or the south, being carried away, and then what's going, and then this hope or this restoration. Okay, so far so good? All right, so down on the top then is this prophecy of judgment, and then down here, hope, and it's gonna mirror this. It's gonna say hope for Israel, hope for the nations, and hope for, well, the whole earth, okay? And uh, I had to write that down. 30, well, this was thir- clearly chapter 34, and then it starts in 38, and then goes to 48. So kind of a nice way to look at it. Um, so, so today, what it, what it, it assumes that you know all this, or you don't care, and you can just jump into this little box right here, which is prophecies kind of for Israel, kind of prophecies for Israel in this 34 through 36. Um, again, you'll recognize them. Spoiler alert, you'll know them. Okay, good so far? <coughs> okay. A couple highlights we wanted to talk about. It, he had his call, and the Lord says, you're gonna go call, and you're gonna go say about judgment, and you're gonna go say to everyone about hope. You're gonna teach them that there's a little bit of hope, that a remnant, a small group will listen. I like Craig's talk today, where he talked about Samuel Lamanite, right? He's preaching up on the wall, and a lot of people believed him, right? <laughs> yeah, no. No, it was the same then too, right? You're like, repent, and what do they do? You know, throw stuff at him, and uh, try to kill him, and then if only a few people listen, the same thing here. Okay, so I'm just gonna write this down. So a prophet comes, he says that there's going to be judgment, with no E, judgment, and maybe hope for a remnant. I'm putting that under our bullet point under the how to apply it to ourselves. Anything so far? Anything jump out at you? Okay, keep hold on to it. We're not there yet, so just kind of let it percolate how we're gonna apply that to ourselves. Now, one of the things that he re- tells, the Lord tells Ezekiel in this vision is you're gonna go do all this stuff and just like Samuel, no one's gonna listen. Good news. Your mission will be in vain. He might as well said, Lori, you're going to the Barcelona, Spain mission. (laughs) (laughs) Which you will teach no one. (laughs) There were like two people. Um, (laughs) All right, right, three, but no. But (laughs) Europe's not known for its open willingness to listen to the gospel. Um, I'm just going to write that down. Spain somehow is applicable. I don't know how. and then remember he did these little sign acts, he did these little street plays that were really weird and they didn't understand him. He builds a little city of Jerusalem um, and then he gets like his Power Rangers out and he destroys it. You know? Come on. You know five and six of Ezekiel. No, that's what happens. And then he cuts off all his hair and he chops it up with a sword and he sends it different places, right? And then he's the one where he's tied up and he eats foul food for a while, right? We talked about these. Okay, good. I'm not the only one. They were all very bizarre. They're super bizarre. So bizarre. But they are, they're little allegories of what's going to happen, 
right? He builds a little city of Jerusalem, and he marches in the troops, and he makes a big metal wall, and he smashes it. What's going to happen to Jerusalem? Little troops are going to come in, and a big metal wall is going to smash it. It wasn't even a very careful allegory, right? They're completely destroyed. In fact, that's what he learns in chapter 33, right? They come, and they say, he's in the middle of teaching all this, and they, the messengers come and say, you know, it, it's happened. It's completely destroyed. It was under siege, and it was destroyed in the most brutal, foul, disgusting, terrible death and destruction that you've ever heard of. Okay. So during this journey, remember this was just five years after the first attack of Jerusalem, and then during his uh, prophetic time, he gets this message that it's happened. It's happened. Okay. So he, but he has these weird other allegories too. Right, how long the siege will last, what will happen to the people. Um, we don't use allegory quite as much as they did. We do like it, but we don't like it as much as they did. So it would make more sense to them. But they also thought he was crazy. I don't know why. Some prophet tied up and laying on the ground eating poop is not really a true story. Read chapter 6. Um, it's, not, it's not really a story that you're like, wait, what? Um, so very, very strange, very strange to them, but he's trying to bring home the point of what's going to happen to them. Now, chapter 11 is this poignant part. It says that there's chance for hope. Let's go to that, and then we'll jump into today's reading. Are we okay? caught up so far, right? I see some confused faces, but we'll just go with it. <laughs> so go to Ezekiel 11. Um, and we did 11, and let's just do 19 and 20. Somebody have that? Ezekiel 11, 19 and 20. Thank you. And I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within you, and I will take the stony heart out of their flesh, and will give them an heart of flesh that they may walk in my statues and keep my ordinances and do them, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. Okay. So he talks about this little remnant that even though this, in this time he's writing, the destruction hasn't happened yet. It's chapter 11. But he's saying this, this people are going to be destroyed, but a remnant will be saved, and I will put in them what? A new heart. A new heart. It's like the Grinch whose heart was three sizes too small, right? And then it becomes, how does it go? Am I the only one that knows the Grinch? <laughs> yeah, three sizes too small, and then it becomes... Ten sizes too Ten times it grows, and grows, and grows, right? And it bursts with Another allegory for you to use, a modern allegory, the Grinch. Um, but he puts in them, he's going to say, I'm going to put in them a new heart. And he says a new fleshy heart from a new stony heart. We didn't read that, but right before he says, I'm going to put them... Uh, oh, no, we did read that. Yeah. I will put in a new spirit and a take out their stony heart, and I will put in a new heart of flesh. Right, we'll change them. What is he talking about is going to happen? What, what kind of thing that happens to people that creates them to have a new heart or a, a new spirit put in them? A change of heart? Yeah. How does that, what, what causes that in people? Trials. Trials and challenges. They can, right? The spirit? Yeah. Yeah. Um, humility. humility. Uh, I think all those things, right? 
the Lord can change our hearts when we have humility, when we let him in, we have this change of heart. He's saying, I'm going to change them from the inside. Okay, all right. Now, now comes the part where you are now Israel. Surpri- surprise, spoiler. In the story, you may or may not be representatives of Israel. So let's go to chapter 34 and see uh, how we're going to help in this mission of the new hearts. It's another analogy, but one that you'll be familiar with. Um, Chapter 34, one of the things that Ezekiel has to prophesy is against the shepherds of Israel. Uh, What's a shepherd? I mean, it's a name that describes itself, but what's a shepherd? What is that actually doing? Literally, what is a shepherd? They herd sheep. Is that a really good job in ancient days? I mean, it's something that you're like proud to be. The shepherds. No, that's correct. It is, um, it, I mean, I, I suppose it's common work, but it is very manual. It's dirty. If you read the stories, they let little kids do it at some point, right? Because you just herd them around with a stick or you're like, hey, hey, and keep stuff away. And then you're just out there in the dirt. And so when we're coming into, by the way, Luke, the story of Luke coming and the angels coming to speak to the shepherds, we should read into that, that the angels are coming to the guys at Jiffy Lube and they are proclaiming, right? They're not coming to the kings, they are coming to the shepherds. Um, but there's also an analogy to be had. And, and um, 34 tells us of this analogy. Son of man, the phrase son of man in Ezekiel, do you guys remember what we learned last week? What does it mean? It is not the same as Daniel, or it is not the same as the Lord's use of this term. It's, a, it's kind of a bad translation here. It means mortal. Like, hey, human, right? So God is speaking to Ezekiel. Hey, by the way, you're different than me. Hey, human. He says, verse 2, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds, woe be to the shepherds of Israel that to feed themselves should not the shepherds feed the flocks. So they were bad sheep herders. Who's he talking to? Who's the analogy? Who are the sheep of Israel and who are the shepherds in the analogy? Not the literal one. Now, let's see what we think it means to Ezekiel. Yeah, Olivia. I think maybe the shepherds are our leaders. Leaders. I think you're exactly right. Why do you think that? Because they're the ones who help us along. Yeah. yeah. And guide us. Keep us from danger, right? They feed us. They keep us from danger. They provide shelter, right? So the leaders. So who is the Lord prophesying against then in Israel? The leaders. And what are they doing? What is it? Did you catch it? Feeding themselves. Feeding themselves. They're not feeding the sheep. They're feeding themselves. Liam, what does that mean? I'm thinking that they're corrupt. Yeah, they're corrupt. They're corrupt. Um, I, I definitely don't think we see that today. Right in our world, like we don't see that today necessarily here, but I think we can say, hey, we are the shepherds in a lot of roles, right? We have leadership roles. We have to teach. We have to help teach, protect those of the gospel, and so he's going to give us some instructions. Um, he says, uh, "You, <laughs> this is it. Just it's scathing, right?" He says, "Hey, you eat the fat and you clothe the wool." 
and you kill them that are fed, but you feed not the flock. Um, and they are scattered, verse 5, because there is no shepherd. And they became meat to all the beasts of the field, and they were scattered. And my sheep wandered throughout the mountains, and the shepherds fed themselves and fed not my flock. So, that there we go. Someone read for me 34, let's start with 11, 12, 13. Let's do that. 11, 12, 13. Does anybody have that Ezekiel 34? Please, Lord. For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will search both my sheep and seek them out. Will both search my... Okay, I thought I read it wrong. As a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark place. And I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and in all the inhabited places of the country. Okay. So we're still talking about sheep. Let's see if we can tear this apart a little bit. And he says, Behold, I, even I, will both search the sheep and seek them out. I will search, I will look for them and I will find them. Even I. Who's speaking? The Lord. So the sheep are scattered. Who are the sheep? So let's let's go to point number two, the application to us. We said that maybe we were the we we're kind of under shepherds, right? But who are the sheep? They've been scattered, and it even says they've been scattered. Did you catch part on a dark and cloudy day? What's he? Any ideas what he could be? This is part you're good at, so don't be shy. Yeah, I think those, right? I think of that dark and cloudy day feels like that. The the darkness of apostasy and, and not knowing the gospel. And then they're scattered. They're out there and we need to go and seek them and find them. I think you're exactly right, Olivia. Yeah. Well it's his his flock. Yeah. So I've got to think that it's Israel. Ah. And if the Gentiles want to come along, great. Yeah. Yeah. But it's Israel. It's is and I think you're right, because remember the first part is Israel's going to be judged, and then 34 mares that Israel will be saved. Alan? Yeah, I, I kept that line of thinking in terms of the, the cloudy and dark day. Even those that are in the flock, so to speak, <coughs> uh, have challenges, struggles, are downtrodden, are, are dealing with their own difficulties, right? Yeah. It's not just... Um, so there's the darkness of apostasy, but there can also be darkness of trial. Yeah. Darkness of struggle. Yeah, so it's even when we think we're in the flock, we're maybe the black sheep of the flock or we're right. struggling. That's like a mixed metaphor, so you can go with it. <laughs> well, it's a flock and a black sheep of the flock. He's also delivering them out of that darkness. darkness. Yeah, he's just going to bring them in the... He says that he's going to search them out and that he is going to... Uh, I'll seek out my sheep and I will deliver them out of all the places. Um from the dark day and then I will bring them out from the people uh, another good translation is I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries and I will bring them to their own land right what is he talking about here tribes. yeah I think so I think you're exactly right I think it's the 12 tribes right they've been scattered and he's going to bring them back I think if we look at what that meant to Ezekiel that would have been very poignant right 
the northern tribes have been gone now for a couple hundred years but we just learned that Jerusalem is scattered and, and Ezekiel is speaking from Babylon right we are scattered where is Jerusalem where I thought we were supposed to be there and there was going to be this messianic king and it was all going to be awesome and now I'm living in Babylon right eating whatever Babylonian tacos look like right there I'm not where I'm supposed to be and he's saying I will bring them back from the countries and the nations and I will give them a place I will bring them back to Israel how about us how is that applied to us if that's how Ezekiel saw it how do we see it besides what Olivia said anything well I think we're part of that process of yeah. bringing them back I think we are part of the process of bringing them back, right? Yeah. The scripture's about us carrying them kind of on our shoulders, almost like sheep. Like sheep, yeah. Yeah, Isaiah, right? We will, their kings will be their, um, will carry them on their shoulders and their, their queens will be their nursing mothers, right? Carrying them, we're gonna be ta- bringing them home on their shoulders, but not just anybody bringing them home. There are <coughs> king, various kings and queens. You are the ones gonna be helping them. Yeah, Marilyn. I remember a, a Rakoa story I read. It was in the primary children, though. It was that long ago. But it was about someone who was traveling in Jerusalem and their car had to stop. There was a shepherd that there was an injured sheep and he had it on his shoulders. So the shepherd was aware. This, the emphasis in the story was the shepherd is aware of all of his sheep. And we're talking about those who are lost, but you know, we're all sheep. Mm-hmm. We're all the Lord's sheep. Um, you know, there are people surrounding us uh, that come even to church, yeah. and they yeah. are the sheep. I am a sheep yeah. that needs the Lord to save. Right. So, so it's a great metaphor, though, isn't it? Because there, you can feel that emotion. Thank you, Marilyn. I think you're right that it's the Lord knows each of His sheep, right? And He's going to care. But I think what Alan said is appropriate too here that he is, it's not just when you're, even if you're here, even if you have the gospel, you can still be going through trials and challenges. So, Steve, you have that? Yeah, I just, going right along with that, you know, he says, I, even I, come and do this. And then in verse 12, he says, seeketh, as a shepherd seeketh out the flock in the day that he is among his sheep. And that's what Christ did when he was here. And it's the same job for us. Mm-hmm in the place that we're at, in the time that we're at, to participate. I like that, in the day that we are, the day he right. was, right, participate right now in our sphere of influence, right? Yeah, I think you can very much include temple work in that, and I mean, whose name do we perform that in? So, you know, yeah. if they are his sheep and we're doing that in his name, yeah. so we're kind of acting as the shepherds. As the there. shepherds, yeah. Great, you guys, great. See, you are really good at the application part. So I guess Ezekiel, is in here for a reason besides the weird stories that you're going to go check on. Um, flip over the page for a minute. I want to shoot to another section that you're a little bit familiar with as well. Um, verse 36, he says one other clue that's going to tie this in. He says 36, 24 through 26. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm 30, yeah, chapter 36, 24 on. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of the countries and I will bring you into your own land and I will sprinkle clean water upon you and ye shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols will I clothe you. A new heart 
also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a new heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you, and I'll cause you to walk in my statutes and keep my judgments, and do that. So in this restoration, right, the heart, that, that new heart's going to come, and he's going to change who we are inside so that we can not only be saved as sheep, but help save the sheep. And then he goes right into this next section in chapter 37. Um, there are two <coughs> visions that you're familiar with. This one is this valley of dry bones. Does anybody know this one? It's weird. So remember, Ezekiel's weird, so put your I know weird stuff hat on. And he says, he says, hey, look out. And he says, I see this valley of dry bones, and, uh, and they're just spread out all over this floor, dirt floor. And then he says he sees them, and um, I'm going to go back a section, hold on. And the, um, he's, uh, Ezekiel is asked, son of man, so human, can these bones live? And I answered, oh, Lord God, thou knowest. Like, I'm sure I don't know. Right? I, there's a bunch of bones out there. Will they live? And he says, prophesy. And he says, um, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And then he sees the bones start to, to get up, and he sees um, the bones get connected together. And then there's sinews that go on top of it, and then the muscle goes on top of that. It's creepy, super weird. And then, and then skin goes on. And then their breath, a, a wind comes, a breath, and then they're breathing, and they're alive. That's it. <laughs> I just wanted to see if you're paying attention. What is the, What in the world is this about? Right? What is it? You know, it, you, everyone's saying the resurrection. I think I think that is a very good um, application. Yeah. Um, Interestingly, there's a debate about resurrection in the New Testament, and this is never quoted as proof. So maybe there's something else going on here as well. Maybe there's something going on here. Yeah. Maybe bringing Israel all back together. Oh. Putting as a, as a whole, as a body. Yeah, I think the whole body back together. Also, there's this story. It's on page two of the Bible. You might remember it. It goes like this. <laughs> the earth has just been formed. And then the Lord makes a man out of, out of the earth, and he calls the, the man Adam, right? And, which means dirt guy. At the name Adam literally means like earthling made from dirt, okay? So his name is Earth. I make a man from dirt, and I name him Earth. And then the breath of life comes into his nostrils, right? The name for spirit... And the name for breath in Hebrew um, is the same thing. And the name and, and wind is the same word. Okay? Ruach. So sometimes when you hear wind, you should be like, oh, it's a clue. It's telling me about the spirit. Okay? Because sometimes it'll be translated that way. But this breath of life, the spirit is breathed into him and he becomes alive. So here's this valley of dead bones, and they take take them and then a spirit comes along a breath and it's breathed back into him and he is alive again so I think you're right on the resurrection I think what it's telling us is of this restoration of the new the creation right 
It's using the exact terms from Genesis 2 to remind us that where we've been corrupt and had even a spiritual death, right, now we'll be put back alive again. And this new creation, this new heaven, this new earth will come back together. I think, I think it's all of those things. But you'll miss the Genesis 2 reference if you jump right to resurrection. So try that one on for size. But it, they would have recognized that this breath comes in and they live again. Then he sees a follow-up. Have I driven them away? They're leaving? I hope so. I hope so. I'm, do, I'm not doing my job if it isn't a little bit offensive. <laughs> right? I learned in sacrament meeting I can't swear anymore, so. Uh, that's going to be tough. Thanks, Moors. Yeah. No, it, I heard. I heard the message. Let him know that he, he's affecting someone. I was just going to swear right there, so. Because <laughs> it would have been really funny. All right. All right. Um, all right, so I was going to bring out this other story. Okay, so on the exact flip of that column, so he sees this, this, um, this rebirth, right? This rebirth, and we, I, I like that resurrection thing. I think we're on the right track there. And it says we're going to be a new creature, right? And these bones are going to be uh, put back together, and people are going to be living. And then he says, hey, I want you to take, do you know this? I don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to read it. Five minutes, so you still have five minutes with me. Thus saith the Lord God, I'm on verse 19 of 37. I will take a stick of Joseph, which is in thine hand of Ephraim and the tribes of Israel, and I will put them with the stick of Judah, and they will be one stick, and they will be one in mine hand. What in the world? Right? Quad. What? what you're, you're holding up your quad back there. Tell me. Preach. Lori, preach. <laughs> so he says, I'm going to take a stick. And we said it's that, that wooden writing tablet, right? I'm going to take the rec- Remember, the, the northern tribes are gone. And the northern tri- the tribes can be called the house of Israel, the tribes of Israel, Ephraim. Why sometimes are they called Ephraim or sometimes Joseph? Why are they called Ephraim or Joseph, those guys all in the north? Do you guys remember? And then the guys in the south are Jerusalem, Judah. Any? No? They like the head tribe. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Excellent. This is hard. This is like Old Testament advanced work right now. The northern tribes, the biggest tribes were Joseph, which are Ephraim and Manasseh. So sometimes they'll just refer to them as Joseph or Ephraim and Manasseh. So he says, I'm going to take a stick, the records, right, of Joseph, of Ephraim. And I'm going to take the record of the Jews, of Judah. And I'm going to put them together, and they will be one in my hand. And Lori Potter says, it's my quad, right? <laughs> Who, what's the record of the Jews? Bible. Yeah, Bible, right? For the most part, yeah. What's the record of, the, of Joseph? The Book of Mormon. How is that true? How are they Ephraim and Manasseh? Anybody? Yeah. Yeah, and? Ishmael is from the tribe of Ephraim. Yeah. So they are the record of them. And he says, I'm going to bring that back as well. So I'm going to not only restore life, but I am going to restore those peoples and their record. Right? So uh, any thoughts there? But you guys knew that one, right? 
I always remember in uh, in Spain, I met some of another faith that liked to be out on the streets as well and liked to argue, which is my favorite pastime. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I should have been Jewish, right? It was like, I just like to argue the point. And, um, and they came to this, and the guy, his name was David, and he said, Lori, well, he called me, Armando Denny, because um, it was on my tag. And he said, do you really think that Ezekiel 37 about the stick of Joseph and the stick of Judah is about the Book of Mormon? And, and I was like, yeah. Wait, what is he talking about? <laughs> Just, yeah, that's totally, I think so. I don't know, wait, let's look it up. Um, <clears throat> but here it is, that not only were they destroyed, but they would be restored, and then their scriptures would come with them. Um, it was right here in Ezekiel all along. All along. I, didn't, I didn't really know that reference, so I... I didn't even notice that. I'm sure it was something really witty in Spanish. Um, we, we probably just got in a fist fight on the ground. I, story for another day. All right. So, yeah. It was weird, but I didn't teach that guy for very long. Um, I, I ended up teaching David for a while. David ended up, his dad was an elder, which um, for their church was a very big deal. And so it was a big deal that he was talking to us. Um, and so he brought us to church once, and uh, good news, their church is seriously boring. And then, um, <laughs> and then we talked to him, and, and uh, it never really went anywhere, but, we, um, but we, we talked a lot about the scriptures, and I learned how powerful the scriptures could be. And this was just one of them that David shared that I was unfamiliar with, uh, that he had to point out, that I think you guys think this is about the Book of Mormon. Yeah, yeah I totally think that. So, um, so, so great things. Any other thoughts then on this? Okay, so just to review, the Lord is going to change our hearts and he's going to change the spirit within us and create a new fleshy heart so that we can be better shepherds, better sheep, and we can be one in his hand. Right? I'm grateful for the scriptures. I'm grateful for the prophet Ezekiel and what he teaches me. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Any other questions, comments?